Hi, I'm Phoebe of Phoebe's Pure Food, and welcome to Pure Food for Thought. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have a very special guest with me today. Uh, she's the author of a book. It's called Lunch with Lucille. It seems very appropriate for the Pure Food for Thought episode, right? Sure. I have Anna Rose. Ingara Milch. Yes, thank you so much. And <laughs> I'm so Phoebe. glad that you are here to join me today. Thank you, Phoebe, for having me. Yeah, so I'm very curious to know, what would you like people to learn from your story that, as they hear it today? Um, well, there's a lot of things. I think really the, the message of the book, you know, the message of Lunch with Lucille is to remind us that we are our best asset at any age, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and that, and in fact, that age is our best asset. You know, the longer that we live, the smarter we get. Do you think so? I know so. Do you feel like at, at a particular age, because people say when I turn 30 at that milestone age, that some kind of wisdom is supposed <laughs> to be naturally imparted? Then? Well... Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I think it's a, a, on the continuum, yeah. really. Uh, you know, there's uh, there is this guy by the name of Robert uh, Robert Cattell, C A T T E L L, I think is how you say his name. He was a 20th century psychologist, and he coined two phrases of fluid intelligence and crystallized intelligence. Okay. So the fluid intelligence is the intelligence that we have early in our lives when it's you are. Um, Let's see, you can easily pick up how to use anything electronic. You know, new things come relatively easy to us. And then as we age, we, we develop the crystallized intelligence. And that's what Lucille's talking about in the book. And that's the intelligence that we learn strictly by living. There's no other way that you can get that. It's only by living. That, that's experience. You know, some people call it wisdom. Call it whatever you want. But really, crystallized intelligence starts the day you were born because as you know you know more today than you did yesterday who is lucille lucille is my mother mm-hmm. okay you know it the story is inspired by my mother um by the life of my mother but mm-hmm. the, it is a work of fiction oh, okay so when you talk about this um intelligence or wisdom that we gain and it's reflected somehow in the book and the stories in the book is it better to think of learning is better when it's more fluid? Because sometimes we talk about children in their youth and they're not so set in their ways and they're more open-minded, right? Right, that's the fluidness of it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there a benefit to being a little bit more fluid than crystallized? Well, crystallized in in the sense of hardened. Mm -hmm. That's not what crystallized means. I mean, you know, I guess if we know a Webster would say that's what it means, right? And fluid is not again the sense of flowing mm-hmm. it's it's just the terminology it's a, it's um it's how the psychologist defines learning so the fluid learning is the 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 that which we pick up quicker mm-hmm. and the crystallized learning is strictly by life experience so okay. there's there's it's just two okay. styles of learning okay. yeah so what with the book it's a fictional book like you said right what inspired you to write it um the biggest thing, the reason that I wrote it is I wanted to write an uplifting novel about the power, about the value of age, really. You okay. know, we talk about, you know, women coming into their own and being powerful as they age and things of that sort. But this is really looking at it as a valuable, how truly valuable it is. And so Lucille is the model for that in mm-hmm. my life, you know, because I watched her and I watched how she did it. And then I figured, well, I can, if I can jot that get that down on paper then I can share with other people how she did it and therefore how I'm doing it and hopefully inspire other people to do it as well Mm -hmm. now in the book um you 
or you were recently featured on the Berks County Living magazine, Correct, right, yeah. for the October issue. Right. And in the cover issue or the cover photo, you're wearing the brooch that you're wearing today. Right. And there are four little diamonds. Right. And how is that significant to the story? Well, uh, the, each diamond in the brooch, okay, Lucia wears a brooch, mm-hmm. and each diamond in the brooch symbolizes a different life lesson. Okay. Okay, so I go... You know, my, my part of my background is I'm a trainer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a professional development trainer. And so I see things in bullet points. But bullet points are really uh, dull, you know. But diamonds are not oh, dull. Okay. okay. <laughs> so if we make them diamonds, mm-hmm. you know, then it, they're pretty. And then we listen, to, we, we listen to things that are pretty. We like to see things that are pretty. So I made them the diamonds reflective of the bullet points in my head, okay. the bullet points. But also because Lucille, in real life, always wore jewelry. She was a, what I like to think of as a jewelry junkie. Mm-hmm. And brooches were one of the things that she always wore. The, you know, hers would be like... Oh, like yeah. big. Yeah, um, like real big. Who wore brooches? Madeline Albright? Is that who... Uh, I don't know. It was a head of state that used to wear brooches all, all the time, I thought. but yeah. So your mom did the same thing. Yeah. Big brooches in a big, big brooch, way. Big brooch, big earrings, big jewelry. So yeah. in, her, in her style of... Um, the, in her style of learning and sharing and molding you as a young woman, how did, and especially if she's teaching you something that you felt you had to write down or you, and, and to share, what are some of the concepts about learning at different stages in your life that were so impactful for you? Well, I think that, you know, it doesn't happen. It, it's not a, 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 like you go through, you know, school and say, you know, this is eighth grade, this is ninth grade, this right. is tenth grade. It's all, you know, it, it, it all melts together. And in when it comes to Lucille, basically, it was I'm observing over a course of uh, she lived to be ninety two, so she, uh, da, da, but I was about fifty five when she passed away, and so. That's what I did for 55 years is just watch her, mm-hmm. you know. It's not like she imparted anything, any pearl of wisdom on me. It's just that I got to watch. How did she do it? How did she get to be the age of 92 and live a life that some people might say was very, very difficult, and yet she found joy in every single moment mm-hmm. of it, and she roasted and toasted every single day. Oh, Okay. I've heard this concept before from someone else then. So she roasted and toasted, literally, like at the end of the day, like she... No, at lunch. Oh, okay. Hence lunch with Lucy. Oh, okay. I see. So it wasn't just like the close of a day that she toasted to celebrate. It was, it seems kind of significant that it was midday. Yes. Instead of the close of a day, waiting for the new day to begin. Correct. It's kind of like a celebration in the middle. Yes. So that's significant to the story as well. Yes, because okay. this is exactly what she did. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, you know, as as much as it, is, as it is a work of fiction, it really is a story of a woman's life, mm-hmm. of how she did it. And so what she would do every day is, you know, some people think, and you may think that um, breakfast is the most important meal oh, of the day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think that breakfast is the most important? I think imp- it's a great way to start the day. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's a good way to start the day. Mm-hmm. And Lucia would start the day with a breakfast. Mm-hmm. And even when I lived there uh, with her, you know, as a child, when we had a breakfast. But then her most important meal of the day, even recognizing that you go home at night for dinner with your family, you know, and you sit down and you rehash the day, her, uh, the, the, the highlight, the highest point of the day was the noon hour. Mm-hmm. And that was the time of the day to celebrate. Okay. Because you've already now gone through your morning, and it could be a good morning or a not-so-good morning. 
but you've reached the noon hour. And so we stop now and we celebrate the glory of the day, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, she would then really hold court at lunch mm-hmm. and she would she would eat hearty and drink hearty and celebrate the day, raise a glass and say salute. You know, she would salute the day and she would and everybody at the table would say salute. And 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 then there would be smiling and laughing and then people could either dump what happened the beginning of the day, but then they would look forward to then what goes on in the second half of the day. So it's almost like a reset button. Yeah. In right. a sense. Yes. I mean, because you're celebrating the day and maybe at the other half of the day, you have just as much to celebrate instead of thinking of it as I have so much work to do because you get into that slump sometimes sure, and you let yourself become buried, right? Yeah. So she celebrated. She celebrated. Washed it all off and move forward. Right. Okay. And start again. That's a great concept. Yeah. You can get so much done if you think of it that way. Yeah. Like <laughs> you can like double your day. Right. <laughs> you think of it starting fresh in the, in the middle. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love that concept. I mean, when you go and you think about it, you know, so many people now don't value lunch mm-hmm. and they oh, yeah. sit at their desks and they are in, in a cubicle or they have it in the car, uh, you know, and so Lucille's is like, whoa, stop, join in with other people and celebrate, have a party at 12 o'clock. Yeah, I, I love that concept because you don't want to know how I celebrated or <laughs> where my lunch went or what I even had for lunch. <laughs> so that's really interesting. I love the concept. So we'll be back with um, more of a chit-chat about lunch with Lucille and celebrating midday. Uh, we'll be back. We want you to be part of the People Chronicles. We want to hear your story, and we want to share your story with the world. We all need to learn from each other, and that's what The People Chronicles is all about. It's a community storytelling project. Please contact us for more information at 610-207-6573. Hi, this is Phoebe, and welcome back to Pure Food for Thought. And I'm here with Anna Rose of Lunch with Lucille, author... And we were just talking about your mother toasting lunchtime. Correct. So did she always prepare? Okay, because when you have dinner and you're eating with your family, in the ideal world, you're going to pre-prepare or have dinner ready, the perfect meal on the table. Did she work to prepare that perfect meal at lunchtime? Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but she... Uh, she we ate out lunch every oh, day. Yes, that that's was even better. Yes, you don't have to clean up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's problem. Yeah, she didn't want to clean up. Mm-hmm. I guess if that would be one of her shortcomings, but oh. that, we don't go into that in the uh-huh. book. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what she would do is, you know, regardless of where she was, uh, if she was working, you know, she was a working mom. Uh, she would always stop and go to lunch. I mean, that was her thing that she would go to lunch and she would basically hold court. At lunch, you know, when I first met my husband, uh, about almost forty years ago, he would at, he came to work where I was working, and he would say to me, "How about we go to lunch today?" You know, you know how they are. And uh, <laughs> I wish, <laughs> yeah, hello, girl, you want to go to lunch? You know, and uh, I and I would say to him, "No, I can't go to lunch today," and I can't go to lunch. And he asked me the next day, "Say no, you know, I'm busy, I can't go to lunch." And he would still he would keep asking and asking, and then and then one time I said to him, "You know, I'm going to lunch with my mother," and he then he really thought that I was lying, and then you know it's like, oh man, I don't know if I really like this woman who keeps mm-hmm. you know. Now she's giving me a line, right? You know? So then I said to him, well, why don't you just come to lunch? You know? 
And so he came to lunch, and then on the way back from lunch, he said, now I know why you go to lunch with her every mm-hmm. single day. And it was really, it was really a time to... Uh, to fill up again on on life, you know. I mean, that's really what lunch was all about. The food was great, mm-hmm. whatever, you know. So sometimes it's nice to separate yourself then, like yes. literally separate separate yourself from whether your office is at home or whether you're working um, for someone else to separate yourself from your that space, exactly, right? and kind of clear your head, exactly. So when when you did that, did she have like a particular um, mantra? Did she always start like lunch with a speech or something, oh, or no, no. A, a toast? Yes. You had mentioned, yes, yes. So she start her. She would start lunch with uh, usually a Jack Daniels on on the rocks, uh huh, with a splash. I love that, okay. and a wedge of uh-huh. lemon. <laughs> <laughs> now I didn't I would always not drink at lunch but mm-hmm. she would drink at lunch and that's what she did and she would raise the glass and she mm-hmm. would wait till everybody had their drink then she would just raise the glass and toast and say salute mm-hmm. and and then she would say cintani and in, in Italian that means a hundred years mm-hmm. so what she would do is she would just and this was effortless this was not you know a scripted something right. you know she would just and ra- by raising the glass and telling everyone you know Let's celebrate the day, and I wish you 100 years of good life. I wish it to you. I wish it to you. You know, everybody in the room, she mm-hmm. would wish 100 years, and we would do it to, to each other. And, and everybody would smile. And, and you know, and, and for that one second, the, the world stops, and you're just smiling. Everybody's smiling and laughing, and mm-hmm. then, ah. <laughs> that's great, and that's though. I like light. that. Yeah, yeah. And then that's lunch. Like, what did you have for lunch today? Oh, I didn't have lunch that way. My lunch was like awful because I didn't make the time. It. Sometimes it's hard to make time for yourself. That's right. Or we always make excuses like, oh my gosh, it's so hard, right? Right. And it's just a matter of priorities. Exactly. Right. And then she, and this and that's a good point because mm-hmm. she made this a priority. Right. And she made me make it a priority because mm-hmm. it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was fun. Was it a tradition? Like, where did this come from? Is it like a cultural tradition that? The, she was the, taught by her parents? Um, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, I think that, you know, at a very early age, and I mean in the sense of uh, early uh, early adulthood, at the age of 40, um, she lost my, my dad. My dad mm-hmm. passed away. So she made a decision, I think, at that point to truly begin. And, I, and, and she may have been doing it before that, but I wasn't really aware of it, mm-hmm. um, to... to embrace every single day mm-hmm. because knowing at the age of 40 if it's if so if life can be taken from you so quickly then you better make the most of every single day and so she really did that i mean mm-hmm. she made the most of every single moment of every single day every single thing that she did had some value she wasn't a great teacher in that sense you mm-hmm. know she never you know it, you know some parents get down on the floor and play with their children so that i didn't have a childhood like that mm-hmm. but i did have a childhood of just laughing and having fun and eating. Eating was a big part. On mm-hmm. Sunday, Sunday we all had to be there at 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So it was a family. Yes. It's like you were brought together over family and yes. a whiskey yeah. with a splash on the yeah. rocks yes. and a wedge. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So um, when we talk about her experience at the age of 40 that that kind of like adapted the way she perceived things, Right. How, what does that have to do with the four the four diamonds? Well, the four or, diamonds are my look back on mm-hmm. how did she do it. So after she turns forty, okay, and she has this tragic event. She's got three children under the age of ten. She has to raise. My father was a uh, a doctor, so they had they lived comfortably. But then uh, at the age of forty, 
the, the comfort goes. You know, there's no more the companion. There's no more the income. And now she has the three kids. She's got the big house. She's got the big mortgage. She's got to figure out how in the world that she's going to do that, you mm-hmm. know. And she does. And uh, but and so I'm now I'm watching. I'm four years old at the time, but I'm starting to watch. And as I get to into my fifties, I'm really starting to look back and say, "How is this woman doing this?" You know. So the first thing I realized is what she did was she changed her perspective. And instead of saying that her life was a uh, a burden and the three children were a burden to her, you know, and going to make things really hard for her, she saw that as, as a very uplifting thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure it out. I got to figure this out, and I can figure this out because I am smart. I am. I have crystallized intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm smart. I've lived through so much. I know I can live through. You know, I can get through this. So that's really how she saw life. I'll figure it out. I don't know what it is, but I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and she just kept on figuring things out. And I don't think it, almost intentionally. I don't think she did that. But really, what she did was she constantly changed her perspective. Right. And so every day. You know, she was adjusting and readjusting, like calling audibles, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing that she did, and the second diamond, is to let go of the past. So instead of really having the past weigh you down, the couldas, the shouldas, I wish I had, oh, I can't, you know, she never spoke in the negative. And she always spoke in the positive. And she she would always, um, you know, just keep going forward. If you mm-hmm. if you made a mistake, she wouldn't let you wallow in it. She'd just say, "Okay, okay, uh huh, uh huh, uh-huh. let's go." Now what? Mm-hmm. You know, it was always like, "Now what?" You know, I remember one time I had an argument with her, <laughs> and I was, uh, you know, I'm pretty good at holding a grudge. And I said, you know, it was about two weeks later. I said, and then you know what else? And I remember, Mom, when you did it. She goes, "Are you still on that? That's like ancient <laughs> history." And I, you know, and I was like, "Wow." I mean, she actually forgot. I mean, mm-hmm. she just had given it up. You did know? she give herself that? And do you teach the same thing? Do you give yourself that space to let go of things as well? Yes. Okay. I do. Because sometimes do. that's a big problem, I think. I, it's a very in big terms problem. Of, especially in terms of wellness. Yes. Because when you hold all of that in, mm-hmm. you can't make yourself a priority. And a lot of things become a distraction. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it just weighs you down. Right. And you'll see it. Literally. Yeah. yeah. It, literally. Yeah. You'll mm-hmm. see it in the stress and the face mm-hmm. and on the shoulders and you know, people's, you know. And she just didn't. She always stood very tall. She was only five feet two inches oh, okay. tall. So she had to, you know, uh-huh. but, but she always carried herself really, really tall. You know, right. people would think that she was tall because she carried herself and she wasn't burdening herself. She was well aware of, of what had gone on before, you know, mm-hmm. but she didn't let it weigh her down, you know, because mm-hmm. you can't really run if you're carrying all that baggage. That's thing, true. You know? Yeah. So and her idea was to run through life, you know, it's a good. So that was the third, the second thing. So the third diamond was, is to take control of the future. And that's really what she did, was she can let this go. I'm smart. I'm going to let this go, that anything that's burdening me, and then take control. Where do I want to be? You know? Right. So she started out, you know, making goals for herself. And she wasn't one to write the goals down and, you know, she's not this studious person. I don't want, she, but she would write her goals in her head, you know. I mean, she knew where she was headed heading where Mm -hmm. she wanted to be. And one of the things, one of the places that she wanted to be was to be able to go to lunch every day Mm -hmm. and to go to the country club and to have lunch with people. Mm -hmm. That's what she wanted to do because that's what gave her joy. Right. And so, but in order to do that, you need to set aside a certain amount of money to be able to have that. And so that's what she did. You know, she knew that that was part of her her goals, one of it was a financial goal. Mm -hmm. So that was her third goal. Uh, Besides educate, getting an education from me and my two brothers, and then the fourth thing, and some people say this might probably should be the 
first diamond, but it was the fourth diamond. I put it in the book as the fourth diamond. Is her her gratitude attitude, okay. you know, and that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. lunch with Lucille. You know, that's really the highlight of what she did. Is she was so appreciative for every single day for waking up every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just another day. It's just another opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know. And so she would celebrate every day. So it's pretty simple, but it's still very powerful. Yes. And it's applicable in all aspects of your life, from your career. I don't have children, but I imagine to imagine with children, your relationships, right? And especially wellness. Yes. Because if you can't adapt to whatever your work schedule is or whatever the demands are from your family, and if you can't um, know exactly what you want, like you have to know what you deserve and what you want, Mm-hmm. Right. You're not going to make time. You're not going to find the time to celebrate. Exactly. And be full of gratitude. Right. And who wants to live in a place like that? Right. I exactly. mean, you want to go to lunch and share, like share a cocktail and toast and share a, a story. Right. Exactly. So I think that's really interesting. I And I have to be honest, I haven't read the book yet. Okay. It's on my to do list. OK. <laughs> and we're traveling a lot this um, winter. So I'm going to take it with me on the road. And I do want to read the book. Great. Um, but I love the concept of especially sharing that kind of moment of gratitude over a meal. Yep. Because and that's the way it should be, right? Exactly. It I mean, that's an what it is. Yes, it's a very uplifting experience. And the last thing is that we talk about is the, the chain. Mm-hmm. We call that the chain of persistence because we know that oh. it's difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, these are four life lessons that you practice over and over and over again, and each one is connected to the next one. But it takes persistence, right. you know. And every day, you know, we get hit with something else, but then we need to start again. Okay, I love that. You don't have it tattooed on your arm or anything. No, you just not wear the brooch, okay? <laughs> not yet. Because maybe it needs to be a ring, so I see it there like, you all go. the time. Like a little, a little ring like that. You can do pretty that. too, right? She little four lot. diamonds. Yeah. yeah, sure. Okay. We can well, put the it. diamonds anywhere. Right. Oh, I do have four diamonds, yeah. Let's yeah, see. we can put the diamonds anywhere. Uh-huh. I love that. <laughs> I think it's a great concept, and I think it's wonderful, especially um, the attitude of gratitude and sharing it with friends over a meal, the toasting, and the two forms of learning and appreciating all of it at every stage in your life, I think, is probably really valuable. And not waiting till you're 40 or 50 to right. celebrate, like, this wisdom. That's right? right. And to share it. You can celebrate it at 27. That's right. I'm yeah. almost 27. I'm totally lying. I'm not. But thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. I think this was so much fun. Thanks, sweetie. And celebrate every chance you have and take the time out midday to celebrate. So thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast and the episodes. And I look forward to seeing you next time.